Hey, hey, Dishers. Happy 4th of July. One of my favorite holidays. Um, Welcome to our 4th of July extravaganza. We're taking a break right now, so we didn't want to just leave y'all hanging. So we decided to have a top five. Now, you know what? Let's just jump on into it. I'm not even going to give a story about how this came about. But the topic is storylines that y'all love, but we absolutely fucking hate. You know, you know, at the 4th of July barbecue, we always have different family members pull up. And you know, that one uncle who just always have to play a hate. And it ends up turning into a player haters ball. Well, this is our version. Welcome to Soap Dish Salem's Player Haters Barbecue. So pull up the plate, get your ribs, get some wine coolers in the blue cooler, and the red one, if you're like me, the Hennessy is chilling. Let's get on into it. Now, I want to introduce my co-host. Nick couldn't be here today, but we have Ariette, Tony, and Dylan. Say hi, you guys. Hey everyone. Hello, how are you? I'm ready. I'm ready. This is gonna be a doozy, you guys. Top five things that y'all love, but we hate it. How do y'all feel about this topic? <laughs> it was interesting. It's hard. It was definitely more difficult because I'm more of a positive days. It viewer. wasn't for me. Well, that's because it, that's not shocking. But um, it, it was harder for me because I tend to love everything when it comes to days. So mine is kind of keeping it classic a little bit. So it'll be interesting to see what people's reactions are. It was hard to come up with something like that fans universally loved or love. But I, like, I hate like it was a struggle, but yeah. Well, you guys, I'm preparing to get my ass chewed about these. <sighs> Dylan, we're gonna start off with you. Number five thing that everyone loved but you hated. Okay, this one is more of a general thing. It's reunited, and it don't feel good. We have, like, soap fans, we are always asking for our faves to return. And in the last few years, I feel like more often than not, when there has been a return, it does not give what we were hoping it would have gave. <laughs> like, <Chemistry>. I, <laughs> like, I personally, like, Eve Donovan is one of my all-time favorite characters. And I hated what they did to her every the last few times that they have brought her back it's awful i refuse to even acknowledge that version of eve exists i adore judith chapman but i wasn't really feeling her diana colville i kind of understood it because i know the history of like her character and her mother and all of that but i it, it was very far removed from what i remember diana to be 
Morgan Fairchild is a goddess among women, but oh my God, they could have kept her Angelica in the draft. Oh my God. I, like I understood where that casting came from when I saw the chick that played her in between um, Jane and Judith, but yikes. Yeah, that was that a miscast. <laughs> that was not I just like, like seeing Morgan Fairchild. I just <laughs> right. like seeing her. And like Carly Manning is probably one of my all time favorite characters, but ooh, that return was not that was not great. It was giving Doctor like, Taylor Hayes. Ooh, it was. It was. Mm. The story wasn't great. The, the mm. yeah, she was raw dogging him from behind. It was. Uh, <laughs> it was just every. That was not great. That was. That was not great. And so I've gotten to the point now where when they announce that someone's coming back instead of elation, I'm, I feel like trepidation because I don't trust that this is going to go well anymore. So like, yeah, that's my, that's my number five. That was a good one. Ari X, you're a number five thing that everyone loved, but you hate it. Think oh this one is interesting because I don't think everyone loves it but I think it's worth mentioning anyway. Um, so whenever like one set gets bigger, another gets smaller, and I'm referring to the Kyriakis and the Mara studies, and they're just not like they're both of these studies have had like or mansions have had a lot of people living there so having it having a set that is so small for a lot of people it just doesn't look well on screen it looks really cheap and i I don't think fans universally love it but still that is my number five tony ann your number five thing that everyone loved but you hated Okay, perfect. My number five, um, and I'm just going to preface my entire list with saying that these are things that I grew up hearing were amazing. And then when I watched them, because I'm doing a classic days binge, as most of you know, it was what was really so great about this. And the first instance instance of that is Wayne Northrup's Roman Brady. Preach on it, preach on it. Yes. Like, I Let me pass my collection plate. <laughs> I grew up in a household that loved his Roman Brady. All I heard as I was growing up was his Roman was Roman. This is Chris Kosicek. He is not Roman to me. And I'm like, okay, so let me see what this guy's all about. He was what a Exactly. He made my blood boil. He was a sexist, chauvinistic, obnoxious pig, and I don't understand how anybody rooted for him. And that damn perm, fuck him. Oh my God. I <laughs> hated that man. And you know what? Watching Wayne Northrop as Roman, it solidified. God, I might get slammed with this, but he solidified that the current Roman is the best Roman. I'm sorry. He may mumble. Listen, Wayne Northrup is the stronger actor, but the writing for Josh's Roman is superior. 
he is uncomfortable to, to me. He may mumble sometimes, and yeah, he's Irish with a southern accent. But damn it, he's the best Roman to me. He's kind. He's grown. He's not used much, but he was the confidant of his grandchildren. And I'm sorry, I'm taking over your spot, Tony. But I have oh, to but it's okay. Me. It's it's completely it's completely fine because like literally everything the man did made my blood boil. I wanted to punch him in the face until he bled repeatedly. What pissed me off the most with him is how basically over the years, everyone made it seem like Roman walked away from that marriage with Marlena and Marlena didn't fight it. For months at a time, Marlena begged and pleaded to make that marriage work. And pleaded, which... The, so the entire narrative for the entire time of Josh Josh's Roman has been that Roman has pined for Marlena. Marlena is the one who got away because Marlena didn't fight for their marriage and the affair happened. That was the narrative I grew up on with Josh's Roman. Come to find out when I actually watch the show and see what happens, his ass walked away. And pushed her away time and time. If you've ever seen and the diary she, of a mad oh. black woman in the beginning and, when Helen was begging Charles to make the marriage work and he dragged her out of the house, that's exactly well he didn't do it exactly, but figuratively that's exactly what Roman did to Marlena. And he, here, and he, another thing too, it wasn't just Mar- Marlena, it was how he treated Belle when he found out the truth. He kicked Marlena and Belle out of the house. Uh, he wanted nothing to do with Belle when he found off, out that Belle wasn't his child. What pissed it me was off there literally infuriating. What pissed me off there is that when he would see Belle at the Brady pub and then try to pretend, oh, I kind of miss her. Oh, she's growing up so fast. Blah blah but blah. You kicked her and out. You kicked her out, bro. And another thing that has nothing to do with like the Marlena thing, but it does have to do with John. The fact that she he patrolled his ass back into the police station after being missing for five or six years thinking that he was going to keep the promotions that John got for him and then then got pissed and then got pissed when by choosing to go undercover he gets demoted and who the fuck chooses to go undercover six months after coming home when you've been gone for seven years just oh so much of that Batman annoyed me (sighs) Okay, y'all, I'm sorry. Tony just hit the nerve. Josh Taylor, thank God for you, because now I can watch Roman scenes without thinking, fuck you. But Hashtag mumbles McPubman for the win. You leave my <laughs> Uncle Roman alone. He mumbles, no. but damn it, he has a charm to him. That's why he has the nickname Mumbles McPubman. I love it. It's a term of, it's a term of endearment, not a slam. Well, my five top, well, my number five thing that y'all love, but I hate it. Y'all, I told y'all I was coming out the gate swinging. Number five is a couple, and that couple is Will's son. The couple of Will Horton and Sonny Kiriakis has never made sense to me with his big-ass Matlock suit. (laughs) Sonny Kiriakis is just a trash individual. Now, don't get me wrong. Will Horton is terrible, too. 
the but, worst thing. I mean, thing he's that, supposed to be terrible. Look who his parents are. Yeah, the worst thing that that man ever did was get his damn memory back. Um, I, I, did, I didn't like how the start of that relationship was. Although Sonny was a very important part of Will coming out, I didn't like how he kind of pushed him into it a little bit. Um, and then it got to the point where he had no choice because he was fighting for murder. But I would rather that have been the main cause of him coming out than Sonny being in his ear. You need to come out. You need to come out. Um, he did it with Paul. That was weird, too. Um, later on, I kind of just tolerated them. And then I don't know what year this was for Valentine's Day or their anniversary, one of those two. He pulled out a box and had a book of things he wanted to do or his New Year's resolutions. It was New Year's for one year. And it was. It will Horton fall in love with me. Yes. Fall into bed with Will. Marry Will. And I'm just like. That's kind of weird that you did that before y'all were even together. It was creepy to me. Not only that, I never found it right that will marry the first person he dated that he came out like the first person he dated after coming out that's kind of a soap thing though yeah because even like even like the straight even even straight couples the first couple you see are that like Bo is hope's first love they got married yeah but i don't know it's different to me because it's a gay mm. character mainly because i've talked to a few of my gay friends i'm like does that usually happen in the gay community and they were like no not really i don't know who you talk to but it absolutely does especially with female characters especially with, with women like there's a whole lesbian u-haul joke <laughs> i heard that joke <laughs> 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 so yeah, like that's yeah. up there with the army wives jokes but <laughs> see yeah but i mean i get it but then again part of me is like it's kind of creepy especially knowing the backstory of him writing down that he was going to marry it sounds kind of prayish and i'm not calling him a predator i know that's not how it went down but it, that's how it comes out to me it's just weird and creepy and then the fact that their relationship has now become just a what is Ari doing? It doesn't make me want to see them on their screen. It's making me think, damn, I can't wait for them to soar as Ari so we can actually see her instead of hearing from her two dads. And they didn't really know what to do with Will and Sonny. Exactly. Um, because on, honestly, I think, that, I think there was some behind the scenes stuff that went into that too, but like they once will got his memory back they did everything they could to keep them apart first they were apart because of paul then they were apart because of leo then they were apart because he was dying and then when they got them back together they literally did nothing with them but turned them into the greek chorus until they attempted to adopt ali's baby and then they left town and, and the thing is they did all that part where they didn't know what to do with them and they were on our screen just as much as Chad and Abigail. So we had a year and a half of just watching them and thinking, why the hell are they here? Why aren't they having a story? What is it? it 
like for, to me personally from start to finish there has not, not been anything enjoyable to me personally about their storylines other than when Will didn't have his memory and was scoring Paul. Anytime Will was screwing Paul was the best thing that happened to that couple. And that's see, I didn't like the first go round of Will and Paul because it didn't make any sense to me. They didn't like when he was when he cheated on Sonny with Paul, that never made any sense to me because they didn't really try to explain it. I loved it the second time with Chandler and Christopher. That was great. But Guy's version of Will and Paul. I don't acknowledge him. That was Chandler. I, that they didn't know what like they didn't know what to do with Will then either and they made him into a hoe for no reason and mm. they never really tried to explain it and it was just weird well guys that's my number five Dylan your number four thing okay. that they love but you hate okay. Ariette I love you <laughs> but my number four is all things Lockhart <gasps> <Wow>. <laughs> like okay let me let me explain because I was watching at the time and like in fan forums and stuff at the time so I remember I distinctly remember how much people were pushing for Mimi to get her own things and not end up being Belle's Jamie and I was one of those people, I was like, oh, they need to give Mimi stories. They need to expand Mimi's family. They need to give Mimi a narrative and point of view. And I learned from that to be very careful what I asked this show to give me. Because like the only thing that I got that I enjoyed that was Mimi related was her and Rex. And even that they... I'm not going to say they ruined it, but they really tarnished it with that awful abortion story. Oh, yeah. Their ending really kind of that, tarnished. Yeah, it was that was not great. Beautiful breakup. But yeah, I can see where you're going with this. It, it was just not great. But it's like and it I, gave us Pat, and nobody asked for Patrick Lockhart. Thank and, you. Like, no, I, I don't care for oh, Bonnie. God. I did not like Patrick. I it, <laughs> Like they could have kept all of that. Like Connor was the most interesting thing, and he was like eight. Right. Exactly. <laughs> like everything that they did, just I did not enjoy. And so it's like, even though I know logically with the last blast crew, like kind of moving back to the forefront right now, it would make sense for Mimi to be on screen. I don't want to see her because of everything that typically comes with her. Did I you enjoy agree. either? Did you enjoy her return in 2000? Like, I don't like the idea of her and Philip with the kid. I don't like anything that they've done with her outside of her relationship with Rex. I, I don't like her family. I don't like the stories they gave her. I don't. I just, and it's not even that I don't like it's not even that I don't like Mimi. I don't like how they use her. I don't like how they use her. I don't like how they expanded like her. And the things they gave you in the name of servicing her character were just not what you wanted at all. Right. Like, I didn't want any of that. I didn't want any of that. <laughs> it makes sense. I'm sure she's going to come up later at some point on his list. 
Who, baby? Are you? <laughs> You're number four thing My that number. everyone loves, but you hate. I'm going to stop saying it all the way. I'm going to let y'all go. Yeah. So my number four, to this day, I still don't like like this storyline. And I I hate it when it once, once when it aired. And it's the Brady, I don't know, disliking Marlena and being an asshole towards her. And Oh, good that's choice. A good one. That's a good one. I hated him. Like, it was so frustrating to watch because oh. Marlena basically raised him. She was his mom. And the way he acted towards her, yeah, I guess he had his reasons. But his reasons made no sense because it never even showed on screen any of what he said. Exactly. And I just wanted more. I think she did slap him. She did. In the hospital. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. minute. Can we talk about the only good thing about this storyline? It's when Marlena. The Hulk scene? When Marlena just beat the shit out of him. Because she she (laughs) slapped him in, in the hospital in Paris after the carnation. Let me tell you how mad Marlena was. Marlena was so mad, she caught that man a bastard to his face. And she was there when his mama died. I I don't know. She was there when he was... Oh, no. She was still... No? Was she? Yeah, she was there when he was born. Wasn't she there at their wedding? I think so. I had to go back and watch now. But... That's... Go ahead. Sorry, Michael. Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, that was just a beautiful moment. She... It was coming to that point. It had to be done. Yeah, I can see why Marlena snapped because he was awful. And he had been awful to her for, by that point, almost an entire year. Because the coronation was in 2001. He returned in 2000. So, yeah, he was... It was just frustrating to watch. It was it, it was bad. And it was bad on both sides, too, because even when Belle got hurt with the train accident, yeah. that was that was not a good look on Marlena. And then his anger was not a good look I, on him. I, like, and then she was turning to Roman. Like, it was just, it was not, it was not yeah, good. I remember a lot of it, like, it was not just Brady, but his attitude... It, it was thinking like yesterday's trash and he had Ooh. that slap coming. Yeah. Sorry, but yeah. So that is my number four. Anyone else? <laughs> Tony, number four. My number four, um, and again, I, I don't know really how loved or hated this was, but I just know that my mom loved it when she watched it. And I got to this and I was just like, why? Vivian scheming to marry Victor while pregnant with Philip. No, no, I, Tony. Yes, yes, I hated it mainly because it was so like they made Victor so stupid and out of character. Like I was literally raging at the screen the through that entire supposed rehearsal. How Victor didn't realize that he was being snowed, I don't even understand. You were watching it wrong, baby. Mm-mm. I'm sorry. Like, I just, oh. If you didn't get just, to the end when she almost won, well, you haven't got there yet, but she gets No, I'm only end. in January. I'm only in January of 96. So, but like. Towards, I, when Kate comes back, 
Vivian, her plan comes to fruition and Victor falls heads over heels. I mean, he was talking her out them draws, baby. She's, he said, I want to wine you and dine you and romance you. So we're going to wait on having sex. And that's exactly what he did. He wined her and dined her and romanced her. Now, and- but see, the, the only part of this, the only part of the story that I had an issue with was specifically the fake wedding. Her scheming oh, to get Victor to fall. Rom- no, it that was wedding, wedding was not romantic. That wedding was dumb as fuck. And it was under the pretense of having a rehearsal. And Victor is not a stupid man. Okay, he's not an idiot, but he was for this story. You didn't see that video, Tony. <laughs> yeah, I believe me, I saw that video. I wanted to burn that video. Oh, when he slid the ring on her finger and they cut the cake, and Vivian but you don't crying. do you don't do all of this for a wedding rehearsal and yet he bought into it hook line and sinker and i'm just like this is not victor victor would know that this is bullshit from minute one i'm sorry and the fact that he the fact that he didn't and he was written so dumb and out of character just completely turned me off where is that collection plate i want my type back (laughs) Oh, by number three might not make you feel any better. Oh, I might have. Oh, oh, sweet lower. Okay. <laughs> okay. My number four thing that y'all love, but I hate. Miss Texas. <laughs> what did I do? You had me on the last hand with the little joker. Well, I got this hand with the big joker. Miriam Mimi Lockhart with her bitch <laughs> ass. I cannot stand. I cannot stand the ground that Blanche walks on. I hate the scum in between her crooked ass toes. Oh my god! (laughs) Stand Mimi Lockhart, and the main reason is she's such a fucking hater, bitch, that it literally leads to her demise every single time. Let's start from the beginning, shall we? She was such a hater, bitch. And when Belle became close to Chloe, she conspired with Jan Spears to bring that girl to her knees. She went so far as to take naked pictures of Chloe in the shower and put it in a projector. Ooh, yeah. As a woman, how fucking terrible can you be? You didn't even, it wasn't for family, it wasn't for anything. You did it because you missed your friend. And instead of being an adult that like you thought you were, and talking to Belle about it, you went to this extreme. Then I hate it when they tried to excuse it with her being homeless and she's on the street. That's why she's so well, No, they didn't. That all happened before OperaGirl.net. So no, they never tried to excuse it by saying she was homeless because that all happened before. That's what started her hatred of Chloe because she was living at Chloe's while her house was being built. And this was all before OperaGirl.net even happened. Okay, well, let's talk. We're going to talk about it separately then. Homelessness brought all that to fruition of her becoming a hater bitch. I know some people who don't have a pot to piss in or a window to throw it out. And I promise you, they will not do the terrible things that she did. 
she had one bright spot, and that was with Rex. But that terrible abortion story, it made her, I don't want to say it made her look bad, but it made the downfall of that relationship just look. <sighs> then when she came back, she was bitching about her baby. I didn't care. I would back. be bitching too if my mother kidnapped my child and tried to pass it off as my own. I'm just saying. I, 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 yeah, I get that. But at the same time, my hatred for her was like, okay, cry me a river, bitch. Uh, and then, you know, something else that really pisses me off with her. She does this. All that those things she did to Chloe was because she missed her friendship with Belle. But you broke friend code multiple times and even married your best friend's ex. So all that whining about being friends and da 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 that shit flew out the window when you married Sean. Oh, I hated oh, Sean and Mimi so much. I'm sorry. That, that, that was just foul on all accounts. Belle should have been knocking at your door to beat your ass every day. Um, I did like the recast from the last blast reunion, but they play her as a bitchy drunk. And I'm like, you had a baby, you still acting like you do in high school. That's pitiful. Um, yeah, fuck Mimi Lockhart, especially the Habitat for Humanity storyline. I'm sorry, I hated it. It was stupid. It's up there with having the winos up in Alice Horton's house. I didn't like it. <laughs> okay. Where were we? I'm sorry, I had to go in on Birium, aka Bitch <laughs> Mimi. <clears throat> we're up to number threes now. Yes, we're number three. Dylan, what is your number thing thing? Number number thing thing. Number three thing. <laughs> and okay, everyone well, we're talking you. about characters that we despise. Um, Melanie and Chelsea come on down. I don't think they like them. I, I Melanie, I hate them hoes. I mm-hmm. hate. Them. Chelsea was loved, but Melanie was not. Fire oh. existence vexes my spirit. Chelsea's ass should have been left in the swamp. I despise her. She killed my Zach. I those two were the beginning of me kind of checking out of days for a while because they led so much story. They literally ate the show for years. You could not get away from them. They Mm -hmm. they were just, they were everywhere in everything. And everything they touched turned to shit. I hate them. Oh my God, I hate them. I hate them so much. (laughs) Did anybody really love them though? Like, I think that people grew to love Chelsea, but I don't know. Melanie is divisive. I think people, I know that there were people who liked her parents. Like, I (laughs) I used to be battling it out with people who liked her and Philip, and I'm like, what kind of crack are y'all on? I did like her with Brady. I did like her with Brady. Melanie with But I mean, I grew to dislike Melanie at one point because she annoyed me, but yeah, I mean, like. When uh, when Gabby left old girl locked tied up in that basement, I was like, yes, yet yeah, leave her ass there, leave her. I, that would have been a perfect I, death. For her. 
It would have been the perfect it. pair. I hate it. Oh my God. I hated the pair. I never want to see them again. I never want to see them again. Ever. Well, nothing but destruction to this show. Everything that he touched, everything that had anything to do with him. Him who? Daniel. (laughs) Yeah, well, technically Max too. The only thing that good that was good that came out of Daniel is Holly. That's it. That's all. Cause and uh, cause Chelsea and and I mean Melanie came to town because of Max, and Chelsea and Max ended up together. So we could kind of blame Max on that one too. Yeah, everybody holding an L because I just their entire existence. <laughs> yeah, that was the dark ages of the show. It was back in the time when I used to let months pile up on the DVR. At a yes. Time. Yeah, yeah. Like you just you just had to step away because it was it was too much. You just had to go to soap opera digest and catch up because you didn't want to watch. No, it. I I we we ended up doing like weekend binges, but we ended up fast forwarding through a lot of shit that involved Melanie. Well, Aria, your number three thing. So I'm kind of tying it into we were talking about the last blast crew, like you guys were talking about Mimi, and I'm tying it kind of. Um, one of the things I really hated back in the day was the way Belle was written. And no character is that perfect. And I'm referring to 2003 and early 2004. And Belle, like, she was written as never being able to do something wrong. And it's like, that is not realistic. Like, and to one point, like, her and Sean came off as judgmental of other people. And I didn't like how they were written. I thought that was, as a fan, I thought it was injustice to them as a pairing. But Belle in 2003 and four, the way she was written is, is not it. It was... Like yeah, 2004 Bell. Like early mean, 2004. So you're talking to, Kirsten? Yeah. Okay. Because when I, once um, Martha took over, the character had more layers. She was more messy. And that to me was more realistic than the perfect um, day of the week, uh, Purity Rings Bell. It, that yeah. name never yeah really but that was i mean i get it characters were written back then like if you weren't a bad girl you were that yeah but she was too perfect like it didn't i i didn't click with it like i i thought it was like at least brady he was messy but bell she was i don't know too perfect for me but once martha took over um, in 2004, that changed a bit. So it was like, especially, I didn't think Belle was perfect all the time or they wrote her that way. But I think, like, specifically in 2003 and four, that was when it was the worst, early 2004. Um, that was when it was the worst. And then it got, I don't know, better. But yeah, it. I didn't like it that much. So yeah, that is my number three. 
Tony, your number three thing that you lo- hated that everyone loved. This one might get me stoned, uh, but I'm just going to say it and then say my spiel. Um, Sammy's 90s schemes. These schemes are so problematic and over a man who really isn't worth it. First, using Talk her rape to it. garner first using her rape to garner sympathy was just gross. Then drugging Austin and Carrie. Like, I love Sammy. She's my girl. But watching these stories in 2021, they are so problematic and gross. And I just feel icky watching all of them. You watch those scenes today. Like, right now, they're going through a custody trial with Austin and Carrie taking custody of Will, and I want it to happen. Sammy does not deserve a child. I don't see how she was able to have three more because she's just... She she deserves every misfortune, and she does not need to be raising a child at the period I'm watching. So I completely agree. I understand. It's enjoyable to watch, but it does not make you root for Sammy at all. No, and I don't know if we were supposed to, but like, again, I grew up hearing that these stories were iconic and yeah, I guess they kind of are, but like with a 2021 point of view, it just leaves a very bad taste in my mouth. Like the fact that she used her rape and her fear of Alan to get Austin to stay by her side and that she faked that Alan was attacking her. I just, Ugh. the whole thing was so gross. And when she this drug was ha- Carrie and put Which Carrie I just the- got there. I just watched that earlier this afternoon while I was working. And that was part of what put this on my list. Because everything she's doing is so problematic. It gets worse. T- oh, I know it does. And speaks to a larger, more tone-deaf issue that the show has. And I think also, too, because a lot of this story with Sammy, like her drugging Austin and her manipulating everybody and using her rape to do so was happening for me as I was watching it while I was also watching the alley rape story in 2020 into 21. And just it was showing how far days really has not come in the last uh, 25 years and it's just not it's just not a good look i will say this the only good thing about that and how her schemes is when it came to an end and everyone finally caught on and caroline came over there and picked up sammy and sam was trying to excuse her so caroline said let's go sammy they pack up the <sighs> And go back to the pub, and Caroline took her belt off and beat Sammy's ass. Well, that didn't happen, but that's what I like to believe. But <laughs> also, good one, though, like it's hard to judge those stories using 2021 vision. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. at the time that all of that was happening. Everything Sammy did was a soap staple. Yeah, soaps also were more dramatic and messy back in the day. (laughs) There's dramatic and messy. I I mean, like problematic. I mean, like um, the Young and the Restless, for example. If we're gonna go there, 
Chance's entire existence that you could you could say he's a rape baby. Nina got Philip drunk. She slept with him to get pregnant to break up him and Cricket. Lily too. Like that. That is how. Yeah. Like you know. Um. Yeah. That's what Chloe. I mean that. It's a soap staple, and it now that the conversation around consent and rape culture has evolved to a certain point you know we can call these things out as wrong and not okay but given where culture was back then it was not anything out of the ordinary i mean you would think though um i mean the 90s they were a bit more evolved were they though like you I would mean, think I, I, you're talking I mean, to someone who graduated that... in 97 so like i grew up during this time okay. and during this time there were high profile relationships with underage girls and older men that were not called anything i mean like... look at everything that was happening with r kelly at the time right and not just r kelly like if you like music was grimy, like Foxy Brown and Corrupt, Wanya Morris and Brandy, like it was nobody said a word. It was very normalized. So like if you're going to call these things out, you have to take the culture at the time into consideration. I mean, I was I was thinking more in comparison comparison to when most soap started, like in the 60s. And comparing that to 90, the 90s uh, was a bit more like evolved. But yeah, Dylan, you're right. Like, but here's the question: Would Sammy using her rape as a way to garner sympathy? Would I mean, would that have honestly been something that somebody would consider okay? Like, even 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 if you take what she did to Austin and Carrie and the drugging, but not also not like not that out of the ordinary for the time because they had like they had I cannot remember the show but there was a whole domestic violence storyline where at the end of it they kind of transitioned the character into being a vixen and she was using being afraid of her ex as a way to uh, get in between the guy that she wanted and the woman he was with and I can't remember what slip it was but I do remember that. So I mean, it what it it as a plot device, as like awful as that sounds, it wasn't anything that would have been like out of the ordinary. I mean, at least they had Jamie calling her on how awful everything she was doing was. So it it, it wasn't as bad as it could be because they weren't trying to pretend that it wasn't terrible, but it just. I feel so uncomfortable watching yeah, it. it is, it's super uncomfortable to go back and watch like in a lot of older episodes or like stories. Just yeah, because that like, Drusilla and Malcolm scene. Yes, the cough syrup situation. Yeah. Ooh. I mean, Drusilla was drinking lean and thought <laughs> Malcolm she was sipping on that scissor and thought Malcolm was Neil. And he knew that it went, kept her going. Ugh. It conceived a whole white woman. Would you stop? <laughs> uh, no, I would not. That's a whole different subject. 
Number three thing that I hated a child loved. Ariet, I'm sorry to kick you down. Again? Yeah. The kidnapping and eventual christening of Elon's twins. Let me explain. Let me explain. Well, I, I have know. expected to see Eli and Lonnie as a whole on this list, so I guess just this story is I progress. Do not, I do not hate Eli and Lonnie. You Go say ahead. that, I just don't believe you. Keep going. Okay. At the start of their pregnancy, I liked Eli and I liked Lonnie. Even though Lonnie got on my nerves at a lot of times. During the pregnancy story, I was like, okay, I hear they're going to get more story. They're going to be on the screen more. So I'm going to take my time to sit there and take in their story so I can fall in love with them as a couple so I can see it how other people see it. And then Kristen weird her ugly head. And Lonnie started yeah. to change and moaning for days on end. I was mad at Eli as well because he let that hoarding sanctimonious attitude get the best of him. I was going to bring that up. And just, I remember disliking what he did. Uh, yeah, he, he, he was very selective in what he would let go. Exactly. Like, you pick and choose. As a hoarding, that's something they do, but you pick and choose because when he arrest, wanted to arrest you, John after the almost wedding, I was like, dude, yeah, given that, what you're doing with your right wife right now, like, can you not? It, like, that's what inspired my infamous fuck Eli Grant tweet. Um, <laughs> the bitching and moaning got old. And then they got back together. So I was like, okay, it's over. We're going to do better. She had the swims after Christmas. On Christmas. Yeah, it was nice. It was cute. I I was enjoying it. And then the twins got kidnapped. And when Lonnie found out, God helped me. Oh, here we go. But she unhinged her jaw and swallowed all of Burbank Studios. She ate that scene alive and it was not cute. And that's when it started going downhill for me. Then they decided to pull a wine out of their story. We only saw them on the first and the fucking 15th. And that really pissed me off as a black person. Because let's just say this. If it was Abigail and Chaz little fuckers that got kidnapped, they would have been on every single fucking day. We would have had Jennifer Rose looking at a picture of Alice going, oh, Graham, please bring my grandbabies home. I know Tom is up there with you. I know that you will guide them. We didn't get none of that. We saw Julie going in and making everyone uncomfortable. And then we realized that it was Yvonne and Vivian. And they were the highlight of that story for me. And that really just did not sit well with me expecting an Eli and Lonnie story. And the thing that stood out the most to me was Vivian and Yvonne 
and Linda Dano's awesome portrayal as the recast. Please come back. Now we get the babies back. I'm thinking, okay, we're going to jump into a rock'em, sock'em, good cop story or a good story about Lonnie having postpartum or Lonnie being attached to the babies and this, that, and the third. And here we have a christening. I'm like, okay, good. Something might pop off. But again, cricket, cricket, all I got was a christening. Now, I understand that was a happy time for them and a lot of fans liked that. I did not. I feel like after that letdown of a kidnapping story, to me, I want to point that out, asterisk, to me, it was a letdown. And I thought I was going to finally get to see a couple that everyone always tells me that they love, but I just didn't see it at the time. Again, the highlight of the christening for me was the entrance of Paulina. And that shouldn't be the case with a couple you're trying to push to the front burner. Um, now I'm liking them more. They're more in the element. Lonnie is much more enjoyable. She's making me laugh. She's making me smile. Her and Eli are being hot again. But that little period of bitch-ass pregnancy where she just bitched all the time to kidnapping where the star of the show was Linda Dano as Benny and Alamein and Yvonne to christening where now we have Jack Hay from 227 and Sister Sister and all these other amazing projects. I want it better. I got it now, but that little period, I hate it. I can't believe y'all let me get through that without stopping me. <laughs> Any thoughts? I thought I was going to get dragged. I mean, I can kind of understand where you're coming from because yeah, it's weird. To, I feel like they don't play Eli like he's a Horton unless he's in scenes with Julie. You know how they play him? Like Zenday Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful? Mm-hmm. Like Tommy Harding on GH? Like Jonah. Exactly. We know they exist, but you don't see them at family gatherings. You don't see what's that black quartermain? Justice? We don't see Justice coming in on Thanksgiving to have pizza. Zenday, they act like Zenday live in damn Compton on the boat on the beautiful and doesn't go to Beverly Hills to see his family. It's then they live in the playing, mansion and barely have scenes with his they're people. Play, they're playing Lonnie's family, like the ties Lonnie has to her family's family more. It's crazy though because Eli. like, and they and it's weird because they keep trying to sidestep the fact that Chanel. Like I keep waiting for Chanel to mention that the friend that she's working with and the friend that she kissed is Allie, his cousin or whatever their relation is, because I know they're related, but they are cousins. Okay. But they don't mention it. And it's literally somebody he's related to. And it just, every time it just seems weird. They do not play Eli as who who she kissed. No, that's the point. Both times, both times it was brought up when they discussed the kiss the first time. And then again, when she was showing him the plans for sweet bits, neither time did she mention her name. Does Lonnie know? No, no. 
I, neither one of them know. See, that's the thing. Like, and it's and that's weird. the thing that bothers me. They don't play Eli like he is a hoarding at all. They like did even last in 2017. They, they try and then it just petered off. It gives off the vibes, even though Lucas just kind of says, screw you guys. Kate is my family. But it gives me when Lucas was found out to be a hoarding. They tried for months to get close to him and he pushed them away and they just gave up. But the only person I the thing is, they gave up was Alice and Maggie. But they're not Eli is that close much. to the Hortons. Like, cause like there are times when they'll play it. Like they played, they they made mention of it in scenes with Gwen. Like he made mention that Abigail was his cousin. And so when they make mention, it, it seems like he is actually close to his family. So it's not quite the Lucas thing. I, I would like but to like, see more of it. It was though. exactly he was most more closer back when he was introduced, which is in, which is interesting. But back when he was introduced, that was when he was more closer to the like the entire family, like hope. Um it hurts a lot when a lot of core Hortons are gone, like Hope and Jennifer. But... I, I, I just want to see more of it. Like, why get, can't I, Eli and Sean be this generation's Hope and Jennifer? I, I just want to get to get a feeling when they hang his ornament on the Horton tree, like another Horton on a tree. When they put his ornament on, I feel like... <sighs> This the um one grandchild we didn't know about, but we invite him just to be nice. I want to feel it, and that along with a bunch of other things is why I did not feel the storylines that I mentioned. Yeah, Dylan, I guess... oh sorry, Dylan, number two. Um, my number two is something that you actually touched on earlier, and it is Will and Sunny reuniting. <laughs> now, <laughs> let, well, let me explain. <laughs> let me explain, because I, I know it's going to sound funny for me to say this, because I actually do ship them. Um, the thing is, I feel like they put them back together just to put them back together <laughs> and didn't have a plan for them they didn't yep. have a purpose for them they just and the fact that the actors did not want to work together did it, not help it, it the just... matlock suits <laughs> leave the man suits alone <laughs> no those the, the those were freddie's choices he gets dragged for him he requested those ugly ass suits he deserves the dragging for them but it's like I I feel like at the I don't and it's like I get it I I understand that Will and Sunny have that whole you know predestined end game thing going and it's not that I don't enjoy them it's just that I don't like them being together just for the sake of them being together and I feel like particularly with Will and Paul that last time when he had like his memory loss and everything I feel like he was a more dynamic character in that pairing and I I'm the type of shipper I don't necessarily freak out when my faves aren't together because I've watched soaps long enough to know 
that if you're that in game meant to be couple, as long as like nobody dies and nobody leaves, you'll eventually make your way back to each other. So like, I'm fine watching other stories and other pairings play out. And I just feel like, I don't know. I just feel like that reunion did not serve either of them because they had nothing. They 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 literally had nothing. And they could have had story, but they literally kept like, they kept throwing things at them to separate them. And it, it, it didn't feel like they were doing it to prove their undying love for each other. They were doing it because it was like, well, they don't have anything else to do, but the actors don't really want to work together. So let's just separate them. And like, and it didn't help that I enjoyed Leo at that time more than I, like I got to the point where I was liking Leo more than I was liking the idea of Will and Sonny getting back together. Like it, it just, the whole thing was just not, it just wasn't great. And I, I didn't care for that. Stop. (laughs) Ari hit (laughs) your number two thing. Well, sorry, Tony. Uh, Oh, God. Duck, (laughs) y'all. No, it's not that at all. It is one part of it. So it's, 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 I know exactly who. Go ahead. Just do it. Ben Weston. Oh, yes, not the half Lord, I thought you were going for. for the rest of no, our days. Listen, she gets a break because she's a legacy character. And I loved her back in the day. But Aria, recently. Yes. I'm mailing you the collection plate now. It'll be in the mail. <laughs> Ben Weston. Wait, this let's call him by his name. Oliver. Oliver Benjamin Weston. The net killer. Yes. This character, I think he's becoming. Now, hear me out. I'm not saying he's becoming that kind of a character, but he's becoming the Daniel Jonas of this era. <sighs> Oh, no. Oh, no, 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 I can't no, agree with that. I no, can't agree no, no, with that. No, Hold on, no, I'm not, no, you guys no, aren't no. hearing me out. Listen, because there, there's no, there's no, there's no, no, that's not what I'm saying. It I'm is what saying, you're saying. I'm saying the way he has been used for the last few years, it's like he cannot, uh, he's like he shits gold. And that is no, but that's but that's not Daniel Jonas though. Daniel Jonas was inserted into other inserted into the entire show into things he did not belong. Ben was two at one point. But but Ben Ben has been islanded on his own. That has been your biggest one of the biggest complaints of Ben as a solo character, yes? That he's islanded on his own and he's literally aimless without Sierra. Number two. But yeah, but the thing is though. Ben but has Daniel been, was the opposite of that is all I'm saying. Like Daniel no, was ben everywhere. Has been, ben has been everywhere. When he didn't have Sierra on screen, he was in everywhere. But my point is he was only involved in helping Claire. No. And not last year. He had like he was inserted in other stuff. But the point is 
this character is so overhyped. Yeah. You don't think so? Yeah. No, I think he was yeah. agreeing with you. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the character is overhyped. And the moment he breathes, it's like, no. Like, I don't get No, I don't listen, there's, there's a section of the fandom that does take it a little too like, far. Like, I can't. <laughs> Ben is not that amazing. Like one storyline where he or two, okay, I'll say two because I liked when he went crazy. Which time? Initially? Initially. And I liked this initial sin story. But everything since then has been in favor of propping Ben or making him some type of character he's not. And almost like inserting him to every story and having Sierra basically be the hashtag Ben has changed. And like, I do not get why this character is so special because he sucks. Like, he's so bland right now. If he still had a more of an edge, I could kind of get it but like this character he could leave tomorrow and I wouldn't care wouldn't care but as of right now he's really islanded and it shows that he really has no place on the show either without Sierra so like no I don't get this character at all I don't really see. I mean, fans have their preference, and that's fine. But I don't see why this character is so beloved. Because I, st- I think he stinks. So but yeah, you did at one point, because you. I mean, at one point you got it because you liked because you liked sin. So at one point you got it. It just changed for you at some point. He had an edge before. Right now he doesn't because whatever he does, it's. I'm talking about the show, not the fans. Whatever he does. It's being understood. Oh, he's so heartbroken over Sierra. (laughs) Yeah, everything he does is excused. And it's weird because like this week, Rafe is the only person that has had a reasonable response to a guy who had a whole psychotic break saying, I am seeing and hearing and talking to my dead sister told him to see Marlena and that was like, was like and he's the only everyone like he's he told he told Clyde that he told Claire that and they both zoomed right by it like that was perfectly normal okay and but and it's not there's not a but there Tony the no no from the from those, break from those characters it makes sense because Clyde's never been one for therapy and Claire and also it's really cringe to see Ben at the cabin with multiple fires and one where he tried to kill people. So why the fuck is he hanging around there? He should, like Rape said, go seek some help because you're clearly losing it. But yeah, Ben can do no wrong on the show and we've seen it. That We have characters excusing it and like, No. And besides, he's not that interesting. He was 
at one point. And now he's your everyday character. Boy, bye. That is my number two. Okay, I would like everyone to pick up Sacred Selections and turn to page 127. What a friend we have in Jesus. <clears throat> you had to take it to church for a minute. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Tony, you're number two. My number two is Buried Alive. Um, this again, like my whole list has been, has was something I grew up hearing was so iconic. And it was. For the two weeks that Carly was in the ground, yeah, every that's what I was two weeks. Oh my god! <laughs> and it was, and I'm not, and I'm not even like being facetious or com or co- comedic when I say this. It was literally she was in the ground for two weeks, but everything that led up to buried alive, the Angel of Mercy killings, and everything that came after was very weird. Okay, first of all, we have this whole thing starts because Vivian takes herbs that magically cure her paralysis because she fell off of a building <laughs> when she was trying to kill Carly and it failed. She and Carly fought, she fell off the, t- uh, I think it was off the Titan building and she was paralyzed. She took magic herbs from Dr. Wu, magically cures her paralysis, but makes her insane. So then she fakes coma, fakes paralysis and starts going around the hospital in a 1950s nurse's uniform. Oh God. Killing all the- <laughs> Killing all of Carly's patients and and trying to make Carly look like an angel of mercy. So Carly finds out that Vivian is not only not in a coma, but has been the one killing all of these people. And mind you, she was treating the hospital like a fucking hotel and a revolving door would come in and out, drive entire cars like no big deal. So when when Jan did that many years later, it didn't. It didn't dawn, like it wasn't a big deal for me because I watched Vivian do it. But then, then Vivian decides to fake her death and bury her alive. And the two weeks that she was actually buried alive and, and begging to come out were actually kind of interesting and not nearly as creepy as I thought they were going to be. And then Vivian confesses, they get her out. But at this point, Vivian, uh, Carly is almost running out of air. So she comes very close to actually dying. They get her out and Carly wakes up with amnesia. And she thinks it's the time that she was dating Lawrence before she found out who he was. But she was actually engaged to Bo at the time. But Lawrence decided to keep her hidden away from her child and away from everybody who loved her and let the world think that she was still dead just so he could keep her. And then she gets her memory back, says, oh, well, you were nice to me while I was recuperating and you saved me. So I'll forgive you. Let's run off together. What the entire fuck was that? You know what, though? It's weird. Maybe it's just me, but like, when I think of Buried Alive, I literally only think of the Buried Alive. Same. Because, like, everything that came after that was, like, a, almost a totally different story. But it was caused because of the Buried Alive. So it all kind of connects. Because had she not been buried alive, she never would have lost her memory. Well, yeah, but see, to me, that's Carly's amnesia. Like, to me, Buried Alive is Buried Alive. Like, I don't... I- I always correlate the two because one was caused by the other. 
but that also like goes into if we ever do a tropes thing that that ties into why I hate amnesia as a trope <laughs> rarely has it been done well um, do that by the way that, Wait, was I, that was a mess that was a mess and like it just why just I, I don't like I get like I understand why it's iconic because it was never done before and it was like groundbreaking but like usually your iconic groundbreaking stories usually are good for longer than two weeks I just I don't I mean that's no, see story. I think that I think that's an interesting question I think like when you say buried alive what are you referring to because I I don't I honestly don't think people are talking about what happened with Lawrence with the whole amnesia I honestly think buried alive means the whole buried alive thing yeah because that was that was that was iconic like Vivian rolling on the grave (laughs) (laughs) I mean it was but everything that came after also like soured everything because like had had those two weeks not happened then everything that came after wouldn't happen so it all just leaves a bad taste in my mouth Are you done, Tony? Yeah, no, I'm good. My number two thing, I have a tie. And I know that neither of these two things correlate because they happen 20 years apart. But my first thing... Another character of mine? No, 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 you're fine. (laughs) We got you out the way. (laughs) The first one... Tony, great mind, sick of light. Barry alive was absolutely <laughs> fucking terrible. I'm sorry. I went in thinking this is going to be the best damn thing. I thought it was going to be wham fucking bammy. I get there. I see Vivian going around, sticking Kool-Aid into people's IVs and killing them. It, it, it didn't sit well. And then when that all got exposed... The hospital didn't get shut down. Um, I mean, their security was that lax that somebody came in and tried to, well, kill multiple people and tried to kill Caroline Brady, a staple in Salem. And the hospital continued. That was weird. Then it's the fact that when you think buried alive, the way people talk about it, you think it's going to be this long-lasting two- to three-month arc and she's literally in the ground for two weeks. It, it was it was even two weeks. You're being generous. It was a week and a half. I don't know what was iconic about it. Was it the macabre music in the background? I don't know. It, it just wasn't good. And then it led to that shitty amnesia. And then it led to Carly getting with Lawrence. It was it was a mess. The only good thing that came out of that is that it led. Vivian to the sanitarium. And I'll say this too. It made what Carly did when she killed Lawrence when she returned in 2010 make a lot more sense to me. Because like I remember a lot of people were pissed about that when it happened. But like seeing how controlling Lawrence was towards the end made that make a lot more sense. It, It was just bad. And my second one for number two 
the necktie killer putting his ornament on Alice Borden's tree. Why what? is that on the? Why is that connected to this? It is not. I said it wasn't connected. It's twenty years difference, but oh, that just vexes my soul. It burns my biscuit. It puts smoke in my beehive. I don't like it. And ever since then, it was like the source of all evil moving into the charm house. Nothing good came after that for months. It was terrible all the way around for everyone. It I was mean, sad. nothing really good was happening in that house before Christmas either. So let's not all put the blame on him. Yeah, yeah. Because remember, the, the no, 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 because the amnesia, the, not the amnesia, the the anniversary party and all that shit was all before Christmas. So all the crap with Gwen and all that shit that was all happening in that house before that was the Christmas. Climax. The tree glowed, and that's when we knew all hell was going to break loose. I thought that tree was going to catch fire like Marlena was possessed again. And that's my number two. Buried Alive wasn't as great as y'all thought it would be. My at is at underscore T-H-E-E Maverick. If you want to argue about it, but I'm going to see you back to where you came from. But it wasn't as great as you thought it was. Sorry, dear. If anything, the thing that was way better than Buried Alive was One Stormy Night. Mm. The most desirable woman they you ever argue known. The pit was more iconic than Buried Alive. She was the most desirable woman they ever known. And she got Buried Alive for a week and a half. Whoopty fucking do. And number two, Ben Weston's ornament. Dylan, your number one thing that you hate, but everybody my, fucking loves. My, my number one is probably going to be considered blasphemy in some circles. Uh-oh. <sighs> but Carrie and Austin. <gasps> Ooh! Oh! <laughs> I kind of get it. A lot of fans didn't like it. So. I, I, I'm getting it now. I was not on board that train six months ago. My God in heaven, do I understand it now? I, I was, I just never was a fan of theirs. And like, I wasn't a huge fan of Carrie's at the time. And I, let me admit though, that I think a lot of that were my Sammy goggles clouding my vision because Rewatching it now, I appreciate her a lot more, and I find her a lot more enjoyable than I did watching it live at that time. But like, I just never felt like Austin was worth all of the trouble Sammy was going through to connive and scheme her way to get him, and I never thought that he was worth all of the heartache and trouble that Carrie was going through to keep him. And it didn't help that I preferred Carrie with Mike and Sammy with Lucas and Austin with a bus ticket out of town. So like, Oh, I I, thought you were going to say death. (laughs) (laughs) See, I was nice. I was nice. I didn't, I didn't kill him off. He just needed to go. And it it just, I, I was just never, a fan of theirs. I would have been okay if they had did Austin and Jennifer when Jack left. 
See, I thought back in the day, and maybe I'm crazy, but I thought when Jen had her TV show and Jack was having all those money problems and he was running around gambling, trying to keep it from her, and Austin was like playing the music on the show. I thought they were chemistry testing. You're not crazy because I thought the same thing because I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, it was. And then they had that kiss during that segment. It was just it was very. And then they tried to do and then they tried to make them tango, which really made me mad because that's a J&J thing. So it's like I I thought that's where they were going and then they swerved and then this like it it just Austin and Carrie were just never it for me. No, I mean, you remember that clip I sent to the group chat of him (laughs) begging her? Oh, God. Just, I don't understand how, like, I I don't really, like, and I rooted for them when they first got together when it was Patrick and Christy. And even somewhat with Austin and Christy. But my God, it just. The only time that I was ever like, I guess they're okay, is when I felt kind of bad when Roman made Carrie break like break it off oh yeah that that was when i was shipping him sort of i was like okay i can maybe uh, i can kind of last long because that breakup lasted entirely fucking too long like it took them an entire year to get back together yeah and like i i like all my sympathy was gone by then i had stopped caring i (laughs) i just they were never it for me they were just never it for me the way that like people I was happy when they got back together and then they got back together and they didn't really they didn't really do much with them and then everything with Sammy started and it's just like at this at that point I was just done so I feel you there did you like um or care for them at one point like for instance um I was talking about like 2000 like 2005 six. I don't remember exact year. Yeah. Oh God, that that Redux was terrible. Or even in two thousand. Well, when was it? When they returned? Oh, that was two thousand with Abigail. Yeah. In oh, two thousand eleven. Did you ever enjoy them like in the later in this <laughs> decade? Right. I've just never. They've just never. Twenty years. They've never done it for me. Weirdly, them as a couple has never done it for me. Mm. But I am coming to a place where I appreci- can appreciate and enjoy Carrie as an individual character. Right. I liked Austin in the Prague story. Like, because they decided to write Austin as more comedic and Austin Peck was really good at that. And it's not something they ever really did before. And it worked. I mean, I've always enjoyed Carrie and Austin, but I can see why some fans might not you know they were super they're like they were super popular and like i just never saw it for them they were just not for me makes sense oh should i continue with my number one um so sorry sorry i'll introduce you fine ariette what is your number one thing that you hate but everyone loves so my number one is also a couple Uh uh-oh and i love the previous couple these actors portrayed 
but I cannot stand Jake and Gabriella. Uh, Gabriella. I I tried the first few months when Jake was introduced. Which was a year ago. Yes. And it's really Jake for me because I do not get this character at all. He's a waste of space. And I feel like he's dragging Gabby down. She can do so much better. But this pairing, I don't see it. I don't feel it. I don't I don't get them. Like, what is supposed to be so compelling about them? Because I don't see it. Like, there's... Jake is actually making me furious. I cannot stand his face, but I love Brandon so much. Like, I enjoy him, but I cannot stand Jake. And that's why they get my number one. I don't see anything with them that is rootable. And this storyline, Jake and Gabby are just as terrible as Kate and Jake because of the main person, Jake, being a terrible character. He has no layers to him. I don't know who he is. He sucks. <laughs> That's it for my number one. Tony, what is your number one thing that everyone All right. you hate? My number one is absolutely going to get me stoned, but I... I said what I am about to say and you can at me if you want. My number one is also a couple. My number one is E. Jammy. It's Uh-oh. easily one of Sammy's most popular pairings but it's also the most toxic and problematic. It took me years to even be able to stomach them and watch them. The only saving grace this couple had is James and Allie's chemistry. With James no longer in the role and the chemistry with current EJ non-existent, please let this ship burn in the ninth ring of hell where it belongs. And I'm That's done. It. That, oh, okay. <laughs> well... It's my turn, and I have another tie. Jesus. And it's couples. Oh, God. My number one thing that I hate but everyone loves is a tie between Carrie and Austin and Chad and Abigail. I hate that couple. Those two couples with so much intensity that it hurts sometimes. I tried in the past recent few months to try to root for Chabby, but it's a no. I haven't liked it from the beginning. I haven't liked any of the parents for Chad because Chad is just a terrible person. I'm sorry, but he is. He's a dick. I All versions of Chad or just all Billy of them, Chad? All of them, because I didn't like Chad when he had the little girl pregnant. Mia? Yeah, I know he's a terrible person, and he he just did not seem worthy for Abigail. He didn't deserve her flower, which she should have gave to Cameron Davis. <laughs> he did not deserve that flower. I didn't like the fact that they conceived their first little fucker on a lawn chair. I didn't like the second story. I, I didn't like the wedding. I, I just, I, 
I've tried to root for them in recent months, but then Chad started acting like a dick towards Abigail after her grandmother died. Yeah. So, so now you leave me up to a point where I, I can't. Just, the one chance I tried to give y'all, you flopped. So, and the thing that really irritates me the most, and this is how it connects with Carrie and Austin, every time Chad and Abigail got back together, it seemed like they won a booby prize. It's like going to Family Feud and you didn't win the car, but you won a lousy t-shirt. So would you count that as a prize or something you could have just ordered online? Carrie and Austin, same thing. I rooted from them at first, but then they broke up and it took them a year to get together. And by then I didn't care. By the time Austin Pet came into the role. I started to care a little bit more. Then you weren't even together more. then. And I'm just like, oh. Actually, they, they did get back together. And then Sammy came back pregnant and they broke up. Right. But they still, like, when Austin Peck came into the role, they were still apart. They had spent most of that year or the last few months under, like, ever since the Night of Titan, um, when Austin saw them and, like, a coward did saw Sammy Lucas assumed it was Carrie and Lucas and just never said anything they were then broken up for the next six to seven months and did not get back together until Austin Peck came into the role and then when they got back together I started to care a little bit then Sammy came back and that imploded their relationship and Carrie kept trying to make it work and then Austin just kept being a dick and pushing her away they both were being wishy-washy and then when they finally got back together I was like okay what did you win a man who is so stupid that I don't even know how he breathes how he wakes up in the morning how he pees I don't understand how he's not in an institution because he's just that dumb he, he's oh my god I've never seen someone so stupid he's so dumb that even his reactions to Sammy lying about kids calling. Basically, it was a scenario where Sam was like, I ran, I went to the mall and these girls said because I have a baby that I must be a chief slut. And he was so dumb that his reaction was five minutes later. He goes, what? I don't know if that was just bad acting on Austin Peck's part or if he's just really that stupid that he gets a closed caption freeze before he even speaks. It didn't seem like care on the prize. I was glad that she cheated on him with a superior man that was Mike Horton. All that to say, both of those couples, the women have settled and I, I just can't, I don't like it. I didn't like it, but I can't like it and it just won't happen. Anybody got anything to say? No, I, I mean- I agree. I know, I can't disagree with you. <laughs> I like both couples, but I can see why fans don't, why you don't, so. Especially poor Abigail. They don't have anyone for her to move on with, please. Hire that old man playing TJ on GH and bring him back to Cameron Davis and call it a day. Chad deserves nobody but his misery. <laughs> 
Okay, like, Chad and Abby have never been a couple that like I hated, but they've also never been a couple that I was like super duper invested in. They were just always kind of like, okay, I don't mind them. They're here. I don't mind them. But like this whole last go around with Gwen got me hot for a lot of different reasons, but mostly because like the way that he was dragging Abigail, yo, that was not okay. And it it just seemed like, because he kept bringing up stuff that they had allegedly already worked through. That's the biggest problem. Like, you don't bring up old issues if the issues are dead. If you're bringing them up, the issues aren't dead. When he when he said that she he thought she was faking her mental illness, yikes. Yeah. In, in, I think it was, I think it was today's episode in the scenes with EJ, um, he mentioned that Stefan took advantage of Abigail, which yay that that's how they're referencing it now and consistency on, on the narrative going forward, please. But after the things he said on New Year's Eve. Right. Yeah. It, it, uh, yeah, this whole thing with Gwen has really left me feeling like, you it know needs, what? It, it, it if they break up, they break up. It, Chad should have left Chad and Abby and the kids should have left to go on a family retreat to Boston to reunify themselves as a family after this Gwen mess. He he's not it. needed. I wouldn't even buy it because how do you come back from the things he did these past two months? But there's literally no reason for him to be. I mean, they're trying to make him a, a Demer like part of the Demera family thing, and I'm just like. There's nothing he's done since she left. There's nothing he did either time he she left, really, within the last year when Kate left and, and Marcy took over. And again, now when Marcy left maternity leave, that makes me say, well, Chad actually needs to be in Salem for this. Divorce. That's all I have to say. Well, we're at the end of our list. Does anybody have any honorable mentions? No. I do. Of course you do. Okay, my honorable mentions list. As you hear me read this picture, Beyonce winning her Grammy in that gold outfit with the matching envelope. Sonny Kiriakis. Stephanie Johnson. Jack Devereaux. Basically the entire Johnson bloodline, right? Stayla, as a couple, I like Kayla, but but as a couple, I'm not feeling it. I never have. I'm sorry. I probably never will now. The Island Passion storyline. Tropical Temptation? Yes. Mm -mm. Oh, my heart! Mm -mm. My Mm -mm. shell-loving last blast heart, you bastard! (laughs) You chose Mm-mm. violence with that one. Mm-mm. I actually I expected it. it to be on your list. I did too, to be honest. Yeah. I know he's talked about it and hasn't liked it at all. I knocked it off for the christening and kidnapping storyline. It was on the list, but I knocked it off. I mean, that storyline was actually long and it played out, so I get it. But 
And last but not least, Chad and Abigail's little fuckers. <laughs> Leave the babies alone. They've literally done nothing but exist. Actually, I have a few more. The new Demera Mansion. Which actually you should watch the new um app segment on the creation of that mansion. The Might bold make you think and the guy about it. The bold and the gaudy. Um, Dylan was right on the motivations behind why that was why they uh revamped it the way they did. But um and lastly. <laughs> this is the last one. The twins middle names. God, what do you have against Malcolm and well gonna sing old Negro spirituals every time the babies enter the room? Exactly. <laughs> we do not open up our black history book when we pick baby names. And it, it, it never sat well with me. That's why I call them Little Reverend Al and Little Betty Shabazz, since that's the route they wanted to go down. I mean, like, if they were going to be culturally correct with that, what we do do, like, when you give, like, when little Black kids end up with old, quote-unquote, old people names, it's because we've named them after someone in the family. Exactly. Which they did. That... Yeah. The middle names. Yeah, it's all yeah, yeah. So your kid doesn't get so you know so little Theophis doesn't get clowned in kindergarten. <laughs> you oh, know, no. uh, <laughs> you, know no. you give them a current first name and then a family middle name. But even still, that wasn't even family. That was. There's the alternative, Theodosia. <laughs> I would have rocked with that before. Stefania, Malcolm, and Harriet. <laughs> I, I, I didn't like it. And those are my honorable mentions. Well, you guys, this has been fun. It has. I realized that we all hate kind of the same thing. So we work as a team. <laughs> um, we will be back next week. We've taken a hiatus for the holidays. So we will be back next week to discuss the Emmys and current storylines so we're going to be back with a longer episode for you guys so thanks for stopping by with us tell us some of the things that you hate but everyone love hit us in the comments quote tweet us all that stuff add us we would love to hear from you guys any final thoughts you guys nope this was really fun we more themed um Episode podcasts more often. Top Tony five. Say, Top five tropes. Tony says that? we're gonna have to do this bi-monthly, so we might do this every two months. No, so be... I, I said every month. You wanted it bi-monthly because I was gonna like, get run out of topics, and it was gonna get old, and I wanted to keep it. Fresh uh, trust me, I we can find loads and loads of topics. It's not gonna be a problem. Like, top five soap staples, like. Yeah, I, yeah, we actually talked about that in the group chat about possibly doing it a soap trope. Because I asked if we could put tropes on this list, and he and then we decided to pivot that to its own list. Yeah, I think that would be fun. I mean, I would love to do it more often. So yeah, I this guess, is fun. So I guess we have that to look forward to in two months. With that being said, bye, you guys. Bye, everybody.